Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. What are the top chores at your house that you absolutely, positively hate doing? <laughs> Many are probably flowing through your mind right now. But I found it interesting that on Realtor.com, back in, in August of 2019, they, they posted an article, and it's entitled this, The Most Hated Chores in America. And the purpose of their article was to show you how to take the agony of doing them. Of doing them. But there was four that they mentioned. One was washing dishes. And of course, none of us enjoy washing dishes. In fact, if you like to wash dishes, may God the Father be with you. Pray for the rest of us. The second one on this list is doing laundry. And really, nobody has time to do laundry. <laughs> and then the other one here is probably, I would say, the most important one. Out of all the house, excuse me, out of all the rooms in your house, the one room that you need to clean on a regular basis is your bathroom. And then vacuuming on this list. When I was a, a, a teenager in my parents' house, I was given three specific chores that I had to do on a daily basis or a regular basis. One was to check the mail. Two was to feed the dog. And three was to take out the trash. And there was times where I was pretty consistent about checking the mail, especially when I would get off the bus. I would go straight to the mailbox, grab the mail, and bring it inside, set it on the kitchen table. But there was times where I was not as consistent with taking the trash out and feeding the dog. And I remember my parents would always be nagging me, if you will, in one ear, and then it would just go out the other. Time and time again, I would be listening, but I would not be hearing. Or I would be hearing and not listening. It's interesting, as we think about chores around our house that we do not like to do, or maybe your wife or your husband is always telling you, hey, don't forget, honey, you need to be doing this. That being said, as we come to this passage in the book of Hebrews, remember the book of Hebrews is written to a group of Christians who are Jewish. And there's five key warning passages, and today we're in the third warning passage. But in chapter 2, we see there was a warning from drifting from God. The King James uses the word slip, and so they began to slip away from God and His word. In chapter 2, in chapter 3 and 4, we see a warning about having a hardened heart to the very words of Scripture. And then we see that as we begin to drift away from God and God's Word, as we begin to have a hardened heart towards God's Word, the further we go from God, we see that the less we will listen to the Word of God. Today, if we could summarize these four verses in just one word, it's this word, listen. If we could take it to two words, it's listen up. And if I can label my sermon with any thought, today here's the main thought I'm relaying to you. Listen up or you'll never grow up. Listen up or you'll never grow up. Today I'm not speaking about listening to a specific politician or, or something else. Today I'm speaking about listening to the very words of inspiration. You see that in our society we have drifted from God's word. And because of that we have had a hardened heart towards God's word. And whenever God's word is being delivered we do not want to hear God's word. It's like me as a teenager, Brian, go take the trash out. Brian, go feed the dog. And I heard that over and over again, and time went on, and I just didn't like to hear it. 
Today we live in an age and a generation where people do not want to hear the very words of Scripture. Here's the key statement. I want to summarize everything in my sermon. Before I share this, we need to understand this, that the word dull of hearing gives this idea that, that they were hearing but not listening. It was going in their right ear, out their left ear, and then it goes down in verse number 13, speaks about a babe. So really, the whole meat of this chapter is if you want to be an immature follower of Jesus Christ, do not listen to the word of God. So here's what I wrote down. An immature believer does not grow in their walk with God because they refuse to listen to the word of God. An immature believer does not grow in their walk with God because they refuse to listen to the Word of God. Today, I want to ask and answer this question. What will happen if we decide to not listen to the Word of God? And today, I believe this passage gives us four specific results of what happens when we do not listen and do not hearken to the very words of Scripture. But before I dive any further, I want you to understand this, that the first means that we have to listen to God's Word is a manner of salvation. That is, we have to listen to the very voice of God, and God is calling all men to repent and to believe the gospel. He is calling every man, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, in all ages and stages of life, in all walks of life, and in every continent in the world that's ever existed, ever will exist. He is summoning all mankind to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that is why Jesus died on the cross. That is why he went to Calvary. That is why he lived a sinless life. And that is why he shed his blood and his body was broken 2,000 years ago. He came and lived a sinless life so that we could live in eternity with him in glory in heaven. And today, you need to listen to that message because if you fail to listen to that message, you will spend eternity in what the Bible calls hell and weeping and gnashing of teeth. That being said, we understand that the Hebrews here, they were believers and they were drifting from God and God's word. They had a hardened heart, just like the wilderness believers back in the Old Testament. And here we see that the writer of Hebrews begins, and he's, he's saying this, hey, hey, you guys have got to listen to the word of God. And today I want to share with you four thoughts. The first one is found in verse number 11. And here's what I wrote down. If you don't listen to God's word, you'll never grow in God's word. If you don't listen to God's word, you'll never grow in God's word. Look at verse number 11. Remember, in chapter 5, we looked at last week how two verses in the first 10 verses speak about Melchizedek. And the writer of Hebrews, he always has the Old Testament in mind because he's speaking to Hebrew Christians. So he's always referring back to the Old Testament. And he goes into chapter 1 and he says, literally, Jesus is greater than the prophets. And then he says, literally, Jesus is greater than the angels. And then in, he begins the transition. He says, Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than Joshua. Jesus is greater than Aaron. And in a sense here, we know that he is greater than the Old Testament figure, Melchizedek. And Melchizedek's life is a picture of the sinless life of Jesus Christ. How Melchizedek's kingdom had no beginning, had no ending, and his priesthood had no beginning and had no ending. We know that Jesus' priesthood, Jesus' kingdom, has no beginning and has no ending. And see, we see that he is a greater type of what it means to be a high priest like Jesus Christ. And so he's referring here in verse number 11 back to his discussion in verse 10 and back in the early verses in chapter 5 about Melchizedek. And he says, of whom? Speaking of this guy Melchizedek in Genesis... We have many things to say. He says, guys, I have so much to tell you about this guy, Melchizedek. But the reason why I can't talk about him just yet 
is because you're dull of hearing. He says, because you're not hearing God's word. He says, you're like those Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. They wandered around when it should have just took them several days. And he says, you're just like them and you're not listening. And it's hard for me to explain. Notice the term, the phrase, hard to be uttered. This phrase is interesting. The Bible here in the English Bible uses four words to describe one word. And here this word simply means a subject that is difficult to explain. And here all he's saying is like, I want to break down this life of Melchizedek and how it points to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to do it in chapter 7. But before I do, you need to understand this. You need to listen to God's word. Listen, if you do not listen to God's word, you will never grow in God's word. And he says dull. This word literally means sluggish. It literally means lazy. It means slothful. And sometimes it even means stupid. But I'm not going to focus on the word stupid today. I'm going to focus on sluggish and lazy and slothful. If there's any area in the modern church where we've gotten lazy, we've gotten slothful, and we begin to slip away from, it is digging in and listening to the very word of God. How can we listen to God's word? Well, one way we can listen to God's word is what we're doing right now. We gather together and we come and we worship Jesus Christ and we hear somebody like me open up God's word and expound the scriptures. That is how we can hear and listen to God's word. But we need to understand this, that there's times when somebody will expound God's word or they'll open up God's word and they'll share a message, but that message does not always line up within the word of God. And that's why it's important that each of us individually, we dig into God's word and our own personal Bible studies and our own personal Bible reading and meditation. And we sift each message we hear through the very words of scripture. And so we can say, hey, what is being said is true. What is being said is not true. And that is the way we grow in our knowledge and understanding of Jesus Christ and his word. But what has happened, what has happened is the average Christian today is not spending time in the Word of God. So the average Christian listening to a sermon at church like this will not begin to understand if that message being relayed is true to the text or not true to the text. So today I'm not trying to be mean with modern Christians or modern uh, church or, or with modern pastors. But I am saying this is that perhaps the reason why... We're not going deeper into God's word is because in the pulpit, the individuals preaching are not digging into God's word and they're not growing themselves. And so as a result, the pastor and the leadership of the church is not growing in God's word. And then a triple effect and a ripple effect goes down. And so the congregation is not growing in God's word. If anybody ought to be spending time in God's word on a daily basis, it's somebody like me. But if anybody else who should be spending time in God's word, it's somebody who calls themselves a child of God. We have to be careful that when we come to a gathering like today, that even in our, we might be here physically, but we may not be here mentally or spiritually and our hearts are drifting from God's word and our hearts are hardened to God's word and then we'll hear a message, but we will not listen to the message. And immature Christianity simply hears without listens to the Word of God. So my question for us all today is this. Are we spending time reading, meditating, and studying the Word of God for ourselves? Outside of when we come together on Sundays and Wednesdays and any other time during the week as a body.
listen up. Listen. If you don't listen, if we don't listen up, we will never grow up in our walk with Jesus Christ. Notice verse 12. The Bible moves forward here. Speaks about the first result of not listening to God's word is, is never growing in God's word. And I want the best for all of us. I want the best for myself, for sure. And I want the best for you in all of our walks with Jesus Christ. I want us all to grow daily in our understanding and knowledge of God's word. But then we transition. We see that he can't dig into this, this situation and this conversation about Melchizedek because they're not listening to God's word. And he says, notice in verse number 12, he transitions and he goes from, if you don't listen to God's word, you'll never grow in God's word to a second thought today. And that is, if you don't listen to God's word, you'll never be able to teach God's word. If you don't listen to God's word, you'll never be able to teach God's word. So if you're not growing in your understanding of God and his word and Jesus Christ, how can you ever teach somebody else about him? Look at verse 12. It says, for when for when, for the time, you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you. Again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. This word teach is mentioned twice in our passage here. As teachers, and in the, in the form of teach. This word teachers it gives this idea of somebody standing before a body of people and they're instructing them on a subject that they have studied. And this does not mean that they have to have a PhD, but this word means a doctor or a master. In other words, the person who is instructing in a specific subject, such as mathematics, if you're going to be a professor in mathematics, then you have probably should have gone to school for mathematics. If you're going to be an instructor in biology, then most likely you've took time and you've studied biology and you've at least had a firm grasp and understanding of the subject matter before you share it with others. And here all the writer is saying is this. He's saying, fellas, my brothers and sisters, there's a time in your life, hey, listen, you got to stop drifting, you've got to stop hardening, and you've got to start listening. And because you're not doing these things, you are like little babes in Christ going back for the little milk that you were drinking as a new infant in Christ, and you should be teaching others by now. So if you don't listen to God's word, you'll never be able to teach God's word. Check it out. The Bible here, it mentions the oracles of God. This literally means the utterances of God. Just as God spoke the world into existence, he spoke his word into existence. So the Bible you're holding right there in your hand, it is the words of God. It is the inspired text, and we know it is God's word. It is not the opinions of man, but it is the divine oracles of God. And in order to grow in God's word and to be able to teach God's word, we've got to spend time in it. And here, check it out now. The Bible says to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That word preach, it means to herald. So we, it's like we go out into the rooftop and we herald forth the message that Jesus died, Jesus rose, and Jesus is coming back again. And that's what the gospel of Mark says. But then the gospel of Matthew, it says, We are called to go thee therefore to teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. And he more or less says, to go and do likewise. In other words, it gives the idea of discipleship. So let me ask you this. As a child of God, as a believer, this is a sobering and serious question, so hear me out. Who, right now, are you teaching the Word of God to? 
Listen, this could, be, this could be a child, this could be a grandchild, this could be a cousin, this could be an aunt, an uncle, a friend, a foe, it could be a coworker. it could be anybody. But who right now are you taking up underneath your wing and trying to teach the Word of God to? Oftentimes we resort discipleship to a pastor or church staff to do. But hey, listen, church staff and pastors are to help train and to help equip the body to go and fulfill the Great Commission. It's not my responsibility to fulfill the Great Commission. It's our responsibility to do that. Teach. Maybe, maybe the reason why the modern church is so, so shallow in the sermons that are presented and so elementary in the content is because those that are preaching and teaching are not digging into the Word of God themselves. It's interesting. If we do not listen to God's word, we will not be able to teach God's word. Discipleship is at the forefront of the mind of the believer. And here he's saying this. The writer of Hebrews is simply saying this. He's like, hey guys, you are now a little bit aged in your faith and walk with Christ. And you should be teaching others about this God that you serve. And you're wanting the little milk that you're receiving as a little infant in your relationship with Jesus Christ. I call it kindergarten Christianity. I call it elementary school ground Christianity. We need to take our walk with God seriously. We need to take listening to God seriously because, listen, the last time I checked, God's word is greater than any other word in this world. And God's word is the only word that can change souls. And so if we truly believe that Jesus died, Jesus rose, and Jesus is coming again, and he offers salvation to all who will believe in him, then surely we would go out and share that to everybody. But the one thing we've ceased from doing is doing that. If we don't listen to God's word, we'll never grow in God's word. We'll never be able to teach God's word. But then check it out now. Many people like, we're all Americans here. And when somebody thinks of something they're going to eat as an American, maybe somebody outside of America will think about McDonald's, but, but as we live here, especially in Southwest Virginia, we are thinking about our steak and our potatoes. <laughs> we're thinking about our filet mignon at Outback Steakhouse or at the Great 611. Some of you take it and you put it on the grill or wherever you cook it and, and you put it for three seconds on one side, three seconds on the other side, and you eat it as raw as can be. And then some of you cook it so far well done, it's burnt in every area. Then your, your baked potato, some of you eat it dry with just a little salt on it. And then some of you, you put sour cream and bacon bits and, and salt and pepper and you have so much stuff on it that you can't even see the mashed potato anymore or the baked potato. But can you imagine trying to feed that to a little child? Like a little baby? No, we can't do that. And here the writer is saying, hey, hey, there's a time when you were drinking the milk of the word, but now you've graduated from the milk and you need the meat. Speaking about a mature believer. So my question for you is this. If you're not spending time in God's word and you're not able to teach God's word, what type of word are you feasting on? Are you still on the milk or are you now graduated to the meat? 
And I want you to know this, that when you begin to eat the meat of God's word, it becomes so tender and so juicy and so tasty to the soul. But now let's move forward. Look at verse 13. So far we've seen that if we don't listen to God's word, we'll never grow in his word and we'll never be able to teach his word. But now check it out. Now verse 13 is, is really probably a key verse out of these few. It says, For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Here's the third thought I wrote down. If you don't listen to God's word, you'll never be experienced in God's word. If you don't listen to God's word, you'll never be experienced in God's word. Many of you knew Pastor English and how knowledgeable he was about the very word of God. And how you could go to him and you could ask him questions like such as Hebrews chapter 6 that we're going to get into. And you could ask him, hey, what does Hebrews 6 mean? Like, how, how do we understand this? And he would be able to take that word, that passage, and share with you the different views of that passage, and then share with you why he believed a certain specific viewpoint. Same thing with Matthew 24, same thing with many other verses and passages in the Bible, he could do that. And the reason why he could do that is because he spent decades upon decades studying and feasting upon the very words of Scripture, and he became skillful. He became experienced in the word of God. And here the Bible says, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful. That is, if you, if you are now past the age of immaturity in your walk with God and you're still feasting on milk, you are now become unskillful. And this word unskillful, it literally means ignorant. That means you lack the knowledge of the word of God. He's not saying milk is bad. In fact, he's saying milk is good, but he's saying milk is only good to those who are infant in Christ, not grown in Christ. And here, we need to understand this, that if I ever want to be able to take God's word and to be able to comprehend it and understand it, I've got to spend time in it. If you ever want to be a skillful musician, you've got to spend the time to practice and to play. And if you want to be a skillful Bible student, You've got to get in the Word of God. But I'm afraid. There's a generation of Christians who are so biblically illiterate that we are no longer skillful in the Word of God. There are more trans translations of the Bible in English than any other language. There's well over 150 different ones of them. And we are the most biblically illiterate society and generation our world has ever seen. We have more Bible colleges and seminaries that ever existed, and still, we do not have a firm grasp of God's Word. I'm not saying you need to have a Ph.D. in theology. I'm not saying you have to have the master's degree in theology. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is that we've got to spend time in God's Word, and we've got to become experienced in it. And he says this, in the Word of Righteousness. Here, the Word of God is likened to righteousness. And by the way, God's Word is the most righteous Word in all the world. And we see here in this chapter that God's Word is likened to milk. It's for those who desire the sincere milk of the word. Then the Bible is likened to solid food here in meat. Also in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Then in Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible is likened to a sword. And the reason why the Bible is likened to a sword is because it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a sword that pierces our hearts and brings conviction to our soul. And that's why when the word of God is expounded and the word of God is presented and preached, that the heart of man hates God's word because it reveals the wretchedness of our souls and the lostness of our condition and our need for sa the Savior Jesus Christ. So God's word has the ability to convict and to change and transform. The Bible in Jeremiah 
The prophet Jeremiah likened the word of God to fire. The Bible is like a book that can get in your soul and can light you aflame with revival fire. The Bible is like a hammer. It can hammer down judgment upon your soul if you're not willing to obey it. The Bible is like a mirror, the book of James says. That is when we open up scripture, it's literally like looking into the window of our souls. And it reveals the perfection of Jesus Christ and our imperfection as mortal men. 1 Peter chapter 1 emphasizes how the word of God is like a seed that is sown. And this is the seed that is not corruptible, but is incorruptible. And it is the seed by which we are born from above by. The Bible is like a lamp. It's a lamp that, sh that shines light unto our path each and every day, as the psalmist said. And it is such a lamp and such a light that it gives us direction to walk down the straight and narrow path that Jesus has called us to walk. In 2 Peter, it's like a light shining in the darkness. He is the light of the world, and we're called to shine His light into the world. And if we're not doing that, then how can the world come to know Christ? Ephesians chapter 5 emphasizes the Bible is like water. The washing of the water of the Word. If you've ever gone to a river and you see the, the stream flowing down and there's rocks in there, the rocks in the river are super smooth because the, the flow of the current begins to, to smoothen that rock out. And so when God's word comes into our life, it can smooth out our imperfections. It can conform us more to his image. The Bible is likened to gold. And I want you to know this, that there is no net worth that is greater than God's net worth. And his word is like precious gold. In Psalm 19, it mentions that God's word is like sweet honey. Then in Hebrews chapter 6, the Bible is likened to an anchor. You see, we've got to get experienced in this word. And if not, if we've lived five years as a Christian, or 10 years as a Christian, or 15, or 20, or 25, or 30, or 40 years as a Christian, and we're still drinking milk. Something's wrong. Here the Bible says, for he is a babe. This term babe is, is a figurative way to say that this person is an immature Christian. Kindergarten Christianity. Listen, today I'm not saying that we should stop singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It's a wonderful song. I'm not saying we should stop singing, Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in sight. Those are great songs and it reveals a complex truth the Bible presents in a simple fashion. I'm not saying to stop singing, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother. He's got you and me, sister. He's got the whole world in, their hands, in his hands. I'm not saying to, to stop singing those, but what I'm saying is if, if that's the only songs we sing and we don't pour out other songs that reveal the richness of the theology that the Bible conveys, then it can stunt our growth as a child of God. Imagine, you go off to elementary school, right? Then you graduate to middle school. Then you graduate to high school. Then you graduate to college. Then you go to grad school. Then you go to postgraduate level. Okay, maybe not everybody's done all that. But you get the idea that you go from one phase of education to another. And if all we do is stay in the elementary phase of God's word, something is far wrong. If all we do is stay in the middle school phase of God's word, something's wrong. If all we do is stay in the high school phase of God's word, something's wrong. We've got to graduate and move into the mature adulthood of Christianity. So the message is simple. 
Listen up or you'll never grow up. May I draw your attention to the final verse? Probably. This is literally the result. If we're not growing in God's word, we'll not be able to teach God's word. We'll become inexperienced in God's word. So we won't even know God's word, much less be able to teach it. and must grow in it. And then we won't have any kind of discernment. Look at this verse. Verse 14 says, But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In this verse, this is the last thought I wrote down, the fourth one. If you don't listen to God's word, you'll never be able to discern good from evil by God's word. Let me say that again. If you don't listen to God's word, you'll never be able to discern good and evil by God's word. Remember, these Hebrews, they were drifting from God. Then as a result, they hardened their hearts to the voice of God. And then they stopped listening to God. You know what happens when we drift from God and we harden our hearts to God and we stop listening to God? Our sense of morality will be skewed. And we will not be able to tell the difference between right and wrong. In this generation, in this world, we have this concept that we are bombarded with. It's called truth is relative. That is, there are no absolutes. But I rest assured today, the most absolute truth in all the world is the Word of God. The greatest truth in all the world is the Word of God. The Bible is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. The interesting thing about the Bible is the Bible reveals the, the, the origins of man and it talks about life as a man, how we're, we're reckless without Jesus Christ. And then it talks about the future of man and the future of the world. And then how the future of mankind into eternity is either heaven or hell. And there is no in-between. There is no purgatory. And here we live in a generation and an age where, where the world is not listening to God's word. They don't want to hear God's word. They, they're like shunning God's word. And as a result, their sense of morality is, is gone. We have no sense of what is right and what is wrong. Fifty years ago, what was wrong then is now right today, and what was right then is now wrong today. We live in an age where we have no idea if we should honor the sanctity of life inside the womb or even outside the womb. We have no idea what marriage is. Is it between a man and a woman, or is it between a man and a man, or a woman and a woman, or between a dog and a man? We have no idea what marriage is. In fact, mankind can't even figure out which bathroom they're supposed to use. <laughs> we live in a crazy world that is totally flipped upside down and twisted and perverted by the works of darkness. And the reason why is because we've neglected to get into God's Word. And because we're not in God's Word, we have no discernment. Notice the word discern here. It gives a sense of, of judging what is right and wrong. So there is a right type of judgment that is a righteous judgment that is based upon God's word. That, in, that means discerning right from wrong. And today, it, it's not even just the world that has no idea what right and wrong is. The average church in America has no idea what's right and wrong. Just go look at their articles of faith on their website. Just listen to their sermon and see if they ever even mention sin. Or if they ever even mention hell. Or if they ever even mention the grace and mercy of God and how it can redeem us from a horror, a horrid experience in, in eternity. Today, this probably wasn't the message you were expecting to hear, but it's sobering because we need to listen to God's word. 
Imagine you and your family just got a new addition to your family, a little baby boy or a little baby girl. You either had a baby shower or you went to Walmart and you got a few essential items. You got the pacifier, you got the bottle for milk, you got the diapers, you got a stroller, you got a crib, you got a bib, and you got a car seat. And we could go on and on. But could you imagine with me, of course, an infant is going to use all of this. But then when, when that infant grows into the toddler ages, they may or may not always use the pacifier or a bottle or, or some of these things. But they might use most of them. But then as that child grows into kindergarten and into elementary school, they would hopefully at some point have graduated from that pacifier and that bottle of milk and those diapers and that stroller and that crib and that bib. Then imagine with me, that child grows and goes into middle school. Hopefully, hopefully, you weren't a middle schooler walking around with a pacifier in your mouth. Hopefully, you didn't go into high school with bib on at the lunch table. Hopefully, you didn't go to college with that. And hopefully, I stand as a 31-year-old man. Hopefully, I wouldn't be walking around with a diaper on and a bib and a pacifier and a bottle of my mama's milk. I say that to say this, is that modern Christianity is still wearing their pacifiers, still drinking the bottle of milk, still wearing those diapers, still strolling in that stroller, still sleeping in the crib, still wearing the bib, and sitting in the car seat. It's time that the modern church grows up and mature up and listen up because one of these days Jesus is coming back and if we're not listening and looking and waiting and anticipating we might be caught off guard by his soon coming return my question for you is this is what type of Christian are you are you immature in your walk with Jesus Christ or are you seeking to live a life of maturity in your relationship with Jesus? Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.